Hit the lights. You've discovered the Half Watt Podcast. We want to educate and entertain by tapping into the most trusted source of new technology, the ones installing and innovating it. You, the tradespeople that build from the ground up. Join us as we talk with industry leaders, veteran contractors, and even some young blood. Welcome aboard. Today I'm talking to a good friend of mine, Mr. Dakota Farmer. Hit it. Yeah, thank you very much. That's for when me. you talk. <laughs> Tell me this now, kids. If you've ever talked, if you've ever thought, oh well, I want to start my own business. I don't want to. I don't want to work for the man. I just want to do it myself. Tonight's show is about that. Now, Dakota, let's start with you. How did you get in this industry? Yeah, I was uh, 21 years old. I was doing appliance delivery at Big the time. time. Yeah, I'm hating it because it was awful, you know. <laughs> and uh, I was actually trying to get into the elevator apprenticeship at the time. And I was going through the runaround with them not being able to get a spot going on. And uh, I mean, you don't have a you don't have a friend in the no. In, well, I you did. don't have a friend in the elevator. Business? I did even, okay. and it wasn't enough, you know. Really? So yeah, I couldn't pull enough strings to get high enough up on their wait list <laughs> to to get moved up and. Uh, and so family friend posted something on their Facebook uh -huh. and it got back to my uh, wife, uh, her aunt. And she said, hey, you know, they just posted they're looking for, you know, good people, no experience and think it might be worth a shot. So I went and interviewed for a company and it didn't work out at the time when I went and interviewed. But they said, you know, we might have a job in six months for you. Big timer. And, yeah. And I said, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to be trying to get into this apprenticeship. So if yep. it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And uh a couple months later, they called me and said they had a spot available and they wanted to get me in doing uh, inspections on their fire alarms, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, I got there and I could tell pretty quickly that I lucked out because all of the sprinkler and hood techs that had been waiting to try and get in on the alarm side were, you know, a little upset that I got peeve, into it. Yeah, a little, little peeve little... that some dude cut straight into the alarm department. And, uh, a little cry. Yeah, a little bit, you know, but we all choose our jobs. <laughs> they do not like hearing that either. They do uh, not. They <laughs> Sprinkler people can get violent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I started out there and, uh, did that for about two and a half years until, uh, the company that I was working for hired on Jason Wells. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he came out and saw me doing something on a job one day and was like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. It's like, I got a work order to replace a pole station. I'm here replacing the pole station. He's like, you shouldn't be touching that if you're not a apprentice or a journeyman. Yeah. That was news to me. And uh, Jason helped me go through the process of getting into the electrical apprenticeship. And so you'd just been doing it without even knowing that you were... They handed me a voltmeter and keys and said, go so out and off, do the thing and start doing testing. And then, you know, testing was no problem. That was easy, mm -hmm. very straightforward. And uh, really quickly, I just started asking the, the whys, you know, why does this do this? How come when I do this thing, this happens? Sure. Every other one does, you know, and... For a long time, I struggled to get answers. The guy that was working there above me just wanted to keep everything close to his chest so that he was valuable, yeah. you know. And so everything would just so be... so talk about that for yeah. a second. We haven't talked about the company or the or the or the or the people. So mm -hmm. so when you're working with a technician who doesn't want to share technical knowledge with mm -hmm. you, how does it how does it make you feel? It's frustrating because I think that we've all been there, okay. and we all have the right intentions when we're trying to learn. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm a very naturally curious and intuitive person. I want to know why it's working mm -hmm. uh, just because that's how it works has never been enough for me. 
Let's right. dive into it. Why are we doing this? What's the reason behind that? You know, yeah. everything should have a process. Everything and should have a reason and a process. Exactly. We're, we're not doing anything just to do it here, you know, mm -hmm. and nothing worth doing is worth not having a plan before you even start, you know. And a lot of what I would get was just be go do your best. And it's like, <laughs> right. But for our customer's sake and for my sake, like my yeah. best right now isn't good enough, you know, yeah. and I need that training, you know. And it was frustrating. You honestly get pretty bitter pretty quick. You start mm -hmm. having that same animosity because it's like, well, if I'm not going to get help, why even go out of my way to, you know, yeah, try and sense. try and learn, you know? And uh, so I just kind of took it upon myself to when I was out on jobs, just to watch other people pay attention, you know, and, and just try and piece that stuff up. But, you know, the first couple of years of my journey into this was very stressful. It was very difficult. I, I, you know? when, I, when I met you, you were going through some of that. Yeah, because it was just like... I, I met you at, at school. Yeah, yeah. we met in class and uh, you were the second class that I had. And mm -hmm. that was great timing for me because I'd taken a break from going to community college for mm -hmm. a little bit, you know. And uh, when I'd went there the first time, I didn't have any direction as far as what I wanted to do. And I knew pretty quickly once I started doing the alarm stuff that I liked it, that it, you know, it scratched that itch for yeah. me. You know, it was, it gave me all of the why is this doing, you know, I was, gave me something to focus on and to really dig down and invest myself in, you know, no, but it was stressful. It was stressful. And then finally, you know, really your class was where a lot of the light bulbs started to tick. You mm -hmm. started to go into some of the electrical theory and it was like, okay, now I understand why a relay works. That's why this elevator that for the last two years I haven't been able to figure out <laughs> is doing this, you know? And so once I really started digging into the electrical theory, a lot of those unknowns went away. You know, nice. and especially in the fire life safety well, and industry. Well, and you ask a lot of questions. Yeah. And, and let, let's be fair to the audience because you, you were very inquisitive. And I think I would say almost every week we would talk for a while. After yeah, class. I'd come and grab you and say, hey, yeah. this is something that I saw that was doing this. You mm -hmm. brought this up in class and said, this is why. Why would it do this yep. otherwise? You know, and once I had a little bit of electrical theory under my belt, it just became so much easier because I actually understood what they were trying to do. I could actually navigate the meter. I wasn't right. just every time I touch these two wires together, the elevator shuts down. Why? <laughs> if I could read a meter, I would have known before I even mm -hmm. touched them together that, it, you know, what I mean? just the little things like little that. Things. And so I kind of got a lot of my experience backwards. You know, I didn't have that journeyman. I have, to, I have to agree with you. You know, I didn't have that journeyman over my shoulder breaking down the electrical theory stuff for me up front and then going out and seeing the problems. Right. I felt like I was given the tasks without the proper tools, you know? And I tell people that all the time. It's like my feet were kind of thrown to the fire, mm -hmm. you know? And that's very stressful. But if you can make it out of that, man, you're gonna have a lot of heads up on a lot of other people, you know? And so when I finally left that company and started my apprenticeship, I worked there for about, you know, three or four more months. And mm -hmm. then uh, I transferred over to another company in the area. Mm -hmm. You know, and they started pairing me with some journeymen and it was like, okay, I'm kind of starting to see the, you know, not yeah. all journeymen are the same. You right. know, I'm I'm now training my journeymen on things that I, to me, seemed trivial at this point because mm -hmm. I've already been through three years of seeing these problems before I even, you know, had the understanding. And yeah. so now it was just felt like once the electrical theory and all of the actual, you know, skills started to get tackled on, it was like, I already have the the understanding and the knowledge now it's just how do i make these things work for me yeah you know and uh but your with your energy at the second company mm -hmm. uh, because i saw you again later on as you went through the fire class your second company you came with probably 10 times more energy yeah 
than Absolutely. you had at the first one. Because the first one, it was a lot of confusion. What the hell's going on? How? Do, what? Where is? They're saying they're telling me I can do this when mm-hmm. really it's my understanding that it can only be this way. Right. You know, it seemed right. very I black and that. white to me, and it's like I feel like I'm in an awful lot of gray area for what to me seems rather simple. Which should and it should be very clear. It should be very clear. You know, why are we even having to argue <laughs> about this when I well, am having 27 other people tell uh-huh. me this and you're telling me this? It just you know doesn't line up. You well, know. Now so, I want to take a quick diversion because yeah. uh, it was I think it was at class when you showed me the the tool that you'd come up with at the other company. I don't know if you'd come up with it or Joe'd come up with somebody, but yeah, it we was, uh, the knack tester. Yeah. So talk about the knack tester. So for so folks, if you're into fire alarm systems and you know I am. Uh, when you have to test a building by yourself, so you mind your own business as you do, you go to a three-story apartment complex in Portland and it's got a small system and you're doing exit lights, fire extinguishers, sprinkler system, fire alarm system, uh, what else? That would probably be it. Backflows, maybe. Backflows, maybe. Right, so yeah. you're doing it, you're do all-encompassing and you're by yourself. Mm-hmm. So when you go to test the, the signals, test the actual bells, uh, it can be daunting because yep. you've got a lot of floors to run. You've got to make sure everything's working right. So yep. tell us what you what you guys came up with. Yeah, they uh, I believe they got it from a guy named Jim Frula who works mm-hmm. for Frula Alarm up in uh, up in Washington. But okay. uh, it was just a uh, Innovonics relay board okay. with uh, four input buttons, and you programmed the uh, relay board to be normally opened but closed when you push the trigger and you associate your trigger to each of the four outputs. Uh, You program them as non-latching so that you have to hold the button down in order to get it to close. And then uh, anybody that's ever worked with a NAC panel or had a helper and they've had them actually sitting there bumping the wires on the NACs, Mm -hmm. um, you wire up the relays in series with the uh, input. So you just Mm -hmm. pull off the common and then wire up your wiring to the uh, actual fire panel. Usually at that point, we would either send a trigger with a pull station or just reverse the input to the polarity, mm-hmm. oh, reverse the polarity to the uh, NAC expander in order why do you, to- f- Why do you have to reverse the polarity? Explain to, this, to, explain to my listeners- So notification appliances work on reverse polarity uh, because if they always had uh, positive polarity or regular polarity, the device would constantly be an alarm. And so our fire panels are reverse polarity, so they actually provide negative voltage on the positive terminal and positive on the common until there's an alarm, and then it changes state and provides voltage on the regular terminals. And so if you know what you're doing, you can usually just reverse the polarity at the input of the NAC expander and put just those circuits in alarm without ringing out the rest of the building. Uh, and then at that point, you're able to actually just hit each of the four switches to actually only ring out one circuit at a time. Nice. So before that, when I would go and do an alarm inspection at a building like that, it was the same thing. It was one maintenance guy with 25 sets of keys. You'd set the building into alarm, and for the next 20 to 25 minutes, the fire alarms were going off. All the tenants as you're, were because you have to go into every single apartment yep. for every single sounder. And if you're and there if by yourself, two, then there's right, two sounders. It's sounders. Right, it's, ex- right. it's sprinkler heads. It's you know all the mm-hmm. other stuff as well as you're trying to get into these units as fast as possible. You know, and so the amount of time that you can keep the notification from ringing for the customer is a win every nice. time, you know? And so you're actually able to figure out, okay, button one is my first floor east, next button two is my first floor west, you know, and so on and so forth. And once you figure out the pattern, you can basically walk in, bump it for a couple seconds, verify your synchronization, verify your strobe, you know, make mm-hmm. sure everything's still temporal three and all operational. And then you can let it go and it goes quiet. 
and now you're moving on to the next unit, you know, nice. and it might not seem like the that big of a deal. I know a lot of companies just say, you know, just let it run. But when you're the last apartment in that chain and it's been going off for 25 minutes and now I got to walk into your unit, you're usually not very happy or enjoyable yeah. to be around. And, and it, you know? it affects animals. Yep. So every time you walk into an apartment, there's a there's a chance a dog or a cat. Uh, will jump out the door or go crazy because especially those those before they went to the low frequency sounders. Yeah, the high frequency. The high frequency brutal. sounders drove those animals crackers. So you have the the chance that a dog can get out or a cat can get out when you open up the door, or it just flat won't want you in there. Yeah. Uh, or you're driving it crazy. Uh, birds do the same thing, and then people, and then yeah. people who don't speak English, you don't understand what's going on. Right. And that was a tough one for me. Was was having to test. And have uh, people who who I could not communicate with. Right. Then I'm trying to explain. I'm just testing. It's just a they test. don't know yeah. that, and they're completely panicked. Yep. And they're like, "What? When is this going to stop?" And you know, mm-hmm. people trying. People work nights, and and babies crying. Right. It's oh my god, it was a mess. And they're just so much more understanding when you give them the heads up. Hey, I got to sound this thing for a couple yep. seconds. There's only going to be ten or so more devices on your circuit. This is only going to sound off ten or so more times. And then at the end, uh, and the, only on their floor, usually. and only on their, their floor. Their section, Once you yeah. get to another section, they don't even hear it. It's just quiet for the remainder of the time. And then you know, if you have to go back at the end to do your five-minute battery backup yep. test, you just do that. You just flip the breaker off and put it on batteries, and then it's only five minutes. You know, mm-hmm. and so that five minutes plus all of the additional bumps to test it is so much more enjoyable than you know for twenty-five or thirty minutes straight. Rushing. Just screaming. Everybody's yeah. in a rush. Exactly. This just makes it a lot more enjoyable. I, I, I was at a place one time where they had a, a, a tray full, not a tray, but a board full of keys. Mm-hmm. And we were, and there was a bunch of us and we were struggling to make sure we had that because each apartment had its own set of keys yep. on a cup hook on this board. Yeah. It's just, and at one point the guy dropped it and oh my God, it was just a, it, it was becomes a, a mess it very fast. So, uh, that type of uh, of intuitive thinking and, and forward thinking and, and very customer centric. Yep. And as everybody who knows me knows that, that I, I care deeply about the customers because this is, to me, this is a job that that provides security or provides fire safety. Reassurance. It's, it's for yeah. people to, to be safe. We're not out here twisting necks. We're not out here, you know. Uh, making people's lives terrible, we're actually here to to help save them, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and that's an honorable thing in my world. Yeah, it is. It's a it's a very cool thing to be a part of. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things that you just don't even realize. You know, literally until I got a job and they handed me the smoke cup and said, "Go test these smoke detectors." Mm-hmm. I had no clue that that was even a job that you, know, you could even do that that, that was even yeah. something that could be you know people pay you for this right you know <laughs> and now it's just like man i couldn't imagine doing anything else i, I love the industry you know and so now you you tested the same things i've tested because we, we cross paths there mm-hmm. so you do you do sprinklers backflows uh fire alarm systems fire extinguishers did you do hoods so as well? i didn't do hoods and i, I also do, didn't I do hardly do any of the sprinkler stuff you know okay. i knew my way around it because i'd get sent on service calls where you know the panel's beeping but it's actually a low air or it's actually right. a you know whatever and you got to get in and, and mess with that stuff you know and and so i know my way enough around to be dangerous but mm-hmm. no i don't flow water i don't do the backflows. i was very adamant at my first company if i'm going to do this I'm going to know fire alarm like the back of my hand Just before I take on a second discipline, you know, because that was their big thing. They wanted everybody, no matter who it was, they were going to send somebody out there that could look at the alarms. They could look at the sprinklers. They mm-hmm. could look at, you know, and that's awesome. When you have a couple of those guys, that's very important because now you've got somebody that you can put on any job with anybody else and you know right. they're taken care of, you know. But I just always saw the alarm side as my ticket. Yeah. And I can't tell you how many people that I've seen that 
are pretty good at the alarms and then they decide to take on the wet side of things and then all of a sudden they're more of a sprinkler tech than an alarm tech. It just, I, I don't it, see it a can, whole lot of it people. It can suck you in one way or I don't see other. a whole lot of people that are like, man, I love being cross-trained. Right, you right. know, a lot of the yeah. people that I that I know that really enjoy <laughs> it, they are full-time water or they're full-time alarm or yeah. whatever, you know. Not to say that you can't carve out a really good career doing both. And, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of companies will pay you well if you can do both at a high level, you yeah. know. But I just... I made the decision early on that I didn't want to spread myself thin. I wanted to know the fire alarms thing so well that, you know, I just didn't have to worry about it. You know, I spent so much of the beginning of my career worrying about knowing something that I was Mm -hmm. like, I can't even think about entertaining a second discipline until I feel good about this one. Nice. You know, and so enough exposure with the hoods, same thing. Anything that correlates with the fire alarm, I I know enough to get my hands in, you know, but Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not doing a testing on the other auxiliary stuff, you know. and I think that's worked out really well for me. Okay. You know. Um, what happened? So as you got your, as you got close to being a journeyman, mm-hmm. what'd you do? What, 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 tell us, tell so, us what went on in your life. Yeah. I, uh, when I had, right when I was about to leave the, uh, the first company that I worked for, they had a sprinkler guy there that was actually just about to go out on his own and start his own business doing the wet side. Okay. And I'd kind of been in his ear a couple times about just some things that had happened that I didn't really like, that I didn't really agree about, or that I thought was just kind of funky. And, you know, and he was the first person I was like, have you ever thought about doing this yourself? Mm-hmm. I was like, no, I'm barely thinking about doing this at all right now. Like, <laughs> this is hard, you know? And he's like, no, nah, dude, you're asking all the right questions. You have the integrity. Like, you should really think about doing this yourself. And that was the first time that anybody had really planted that seed in my ear that, you know, like you could potentially do this yeah. for yourself. Because when you came to me, you said, I'm thinking about going out on my own. Yeah. And I was like, I'd run a small company. That's a lot of work. I think yep. that's probably what I told you was that it scared my, my, and I wasn't a small fire alarm company. Right. It was a, you know, a dog daycare, which is not anything like fire alarms. No. Well, but, sometimes it can be, I suppose, well, but there is poop. But anyway, yep. um, it's, it, you know, when we talked about it, I was like, I, I, it's a lot of work. Yep. I and mean, that's pretty much the same response I got from everybody. Once the, my my buddy Derek, that's who I'm talking about, Derek Langle, he's with DB Fire doing sprinkler stuff. They do an amazing okay. job. And uh, once he got in my ear and said that, it was like, oh, okay, well, that's interesting. You know, maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll get into, you know, just a couple of the electricians that I know at the moment's ears and just kind of say, you know, have you ever thought about doing this? What were your setbacks? You know, the, mm-hmm. the best people that are going to give you that advice are people that have been doing it, you right, know, and so... Right. Throughout my entire apprenticeship, every person that either had their own thing or didn't, I just walked up and asked. I said, what caused you to either not or caused you to, you know, Grant Richards was the same thing. He said, yeah, he yeah, said you should dead. go for it. There's yeah. no reason not to like. Uh, and, you know? and I know that and I know that um, uh, Dave would tell you the same exact yep. thing because Dave was never happier as when he went on his own after. Right. After, uh, you know, this, this is what I tell everybody, too, because everybody says the same thing. It's like, oh, man, that's probably stressful. It's like, yeah, I was stressing my ass out working for the other people, too. Like, I'm going <laughs> to stress working for anybody. It's just who I am. These you give me accountability. I'm going to be stressed out and make sure that it's handled right. You know, and yep. I just kind of decided if I'm going to do that, why not do that for myself? Why? You know, the the first company that I worked for, the the old owner there, he was the old journeyman electrician there Mm -hmm. and he started the company and he did everything on his own. And I just really saw the flexibility that he was able to afford for himself and his life and his family. And especially towards the end when he wasn't even living in the state for, you know, it just made it really easy to want to replicate that. I was just like, wow, okay, here's the blueprint. Like Mm -hmm. this guy did it. 
you know, he told me he just and he was successful, it. very successful. They mm-hmm. did a great job, yeah. you know, and it was just like, okay, well, there is a path for me to do this, you know? And so between Derek saying that and the old company owner really just kind of laying the blueprint for me. And when I asked him the same thing, it was like, yeah, you should go for it. You have all the accountability, you have the, you know, the attentiveness, like you mm-hmm. ask all the right questions, like worst case scenario, it's not going to work out and you're going to go be a lead technician somewhere else and you're right. going to be just fine, you know? Right. right. And, once and, I, that's, that's, and that's so, so I'm going to, I'm going to pivot yeah. right here. So how old are you at this point? I'm 29. Oh, so at this point, at when this I started point, the apprenticeship. Yeah, when you started the apprenticeship. I was 25. I just had my first uh, child born. So you were so. 25 years old. And and so we, we crossed paths, I guess, at the 25, point, 26, 25, somewhere 26. in there. Yep. Uh, I was getting out of the Navy at 26. Okay. So I couldn't find my butt with either hand at a GPS and a map. <laughs> so I did not really know what the heck I was going to do. Right? right. And I really did not fall into... into uh, fire life safety until gosh I'd say I'd say probably it would have been 94 so it was probably three years after that so 29 is when I fell into it right when I finally realized oh my gosh there's something here it wasn't until I was 32 that I actually had to get a license okay and then I was 32, 33 when I went up on the hill and started right. working. So I, I didn't get my, my LEA until, or my, it was a JLE until I was in my, my, my mid thirties or I mean early thirties. So, so this is how far ahead of the curve you are yep. in your life. And, but you are right in the path of 90% of the people I know and teach. Honestly, yep. they're right there. They're, they're your age. There's a couple of us that are older and I've got, I got one guy in my class who's way older than me. So, I mean, that's, you know, there are some. But outliers. yeah, I felt like most of the people coming through the class were between, yeah. you know, 25 and yeah. early thirties, you know, Absolutely. and, uh, it was an advantage for me knowing, like I said, the fact that I had that seed planted before the apprenticeship even started made me take it that much more serious. And you did. I, was, I have to say, you know, you're I, one of the students that took it very, very seriously. I was not there to mess around. I was there to make sure that I was learning. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, where I spoke about again, like taking a couple of years off after I went to college the first time and not going to school just to go for something that I wanted to do. And I did poorly when I, you know, was playing baseball in college. You know, I was there for baseball and work and school came last. And I flunked out and got kicked off the team because I couldn't keep my grades straight. Like it was, you know, I had a tough time with that. But when I went back the second time, I was like, okay, I already know that I like this stuff. This Mm -hmm. is not just a world history class that I could care less about. Like this is all potentially, you know, beneficial to me. And before, you know, at that point, I didn't even know for sure that this was going to work out. I wanted it to, you know, I wanted to start my own thing, but there was no guarantee. So it was like, okay, I could be a phone tech someday. I don't know. You know, I'm going to take Grant's class just as seriously, you know, and I'm one of those people that I'm so competitive. I I hate losing more than I like winning. (laughs) It's it's not about me winning. It's about me not losing, you know. And so when it got down to it, like, well, well said, sir. I I would go into all these classes with a chip on my shoulder. It's like there's 10 dudes in here that do phones for a living. I'm going to kick their ass on every test, you know, just because they don't know. I'm not telling them there's no competition. Like, that's just. I'm putting that chip on my shoulder, you know, and Mm -hmm. it's, I'm that way with everything. And, you know, there was a couple different times where it was like, oh, you're going to take so-and-so's class. That class sucks. It's like, why? I like it. I'm learning. Like, I just made sure that I never went into any of these classes with a bad attitude with a, I already know this, you know, the only exception was fire, 
And, uh, you know, I just made sure that if somebody was taking time out of their busy life and day to come sit in front of me for four hours and teach me about something, I was going to listen, you know, and when I worked at McDonald's, when I was younger, you know, my, my parents, they both worked at McDonald's too. They used to always say, you know, be here now, no matter what Mm-hmm. is in front of you right here right now give 110 percent of your energy because at that moment that is the most important thing in front of you that is and that is excellent advice. you know and it, the other, it, obviously it paid off the other thing that my dad they always said was you know if you're green you're growing if you're ripe you're rotting <laughs> and that right there is so true I, hold about, on a second yeah, yeah if you're green you're if growing you're green you're growing if you're ripe you're rotting it is the most true statement about journeyman electrician i've ever seen in my life because how many people have you seen the second they get their card, they know more than anybody. They're not studying the code anymore. They, you know, they, that's the second they've peaked. They're not moving forward any further with that. That's a stroke of brilliance. You know, that's just, yeah. and I take that into every day of my life now and it's paid off monumentally because, you know, I, I tell everybody, it's like, I'm not an accountant. I'm not an HR person. Mm-hmm. I'm an electrician that is trying to run a company. Like mm-hmm. I need help. What do I need to do to do this better? You know, I just sent my books to my bookkeeper for the first time a month ago, and I am terrified for the phone call that I'm about to get back from her saying, don't ever do this again. But, you know, how do you know? How are you going to know until you try? I was really afraid of failure. Same so, thing. So, you know, so go let's ahead. go. So yeah. before we go there, so you've got a wife and a kid. Mm-hmm. Two kids now. Yep. You've got a wife and a two kids. But mm-hmm. before you decide to go do this on your own, you, you had one, right? Yeah, my daughter was born literally a week into me starting the apprenticeship. Okay. Yep. So she's basically three she's at the end four of this. Now. Oh yes, yeah. she's yeah, she's right? three when I finished up the apprenticeship. And then yep. you you go back to a company. You yep. leave one company go to another. And as you after you got your work alone card yep. and then and then you you started to transition to your own gig. Yeah, the the key there was the company, the second company that I went and worked for, they did an amazing job. If you said mm-hmm. I'm not ready for this, it was Put your tools down. We will apologize to the customer. We will get you back out there with a trainee and make sure that this does not happen again. You know, they did an amazing job like that. I didn't work a single minute unsupervised. You know, Mm -hmm. they made sure that I had a journeyman with me because I told them that was a big deal. That was a deal breaker. Like Mm -hmm. the prior company could not keep a journeyman in front of me and I'm not going to forge my hours. You know, I think the first three months that I did the apprenticeship, I think I claimed 82 hours. Wow. You know, because I was just like, if I'm doing this, I'm going to be honest. I need 6,000 hours. Like, I'm not going to lie, you know? And so I went to United and they knew that and they made sure that uh, we are not going to upset you. We're not going to do wrong by you. Like we, you know, both sides enter that agreement. If you're going to bring on an apprentice, you are saying that you're going to do this right. And that's Mm -hmm. how I feel about it. Again, back to the the gray area thing. And uh, yeah, I I didn't walk out of there without some skills. No, absolutely. (laughs) I I learned a a lot, you know, and And a lot of licenses. And even though the the couple of the journeymen that I got partnered with, even though they might not necessarily be able to teach me a lot of stuff about the fire, Mm -hmm. they taught me a lot about troubleshooting, a lot about, you know, hey, I saw you trying to pull that cable. Don't do that. Do this instead. You know, I just made sure that whatever they were good at, I paid attention and I made sure I could hone my skills in, in some way, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, the old timer that I worked with when I got there, he was 70 when I'd finished up my second year, he was just about to retire. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he just knew so many old tricks and he knew the old systems, like the back of his hand, you know? And so Mm -hmm. he couldn't really help me with the addressable stuff or with any of the new stuff, but I didn't really need that at that point. You know, it was just, what can you teach me about this stuff? The first time I saw him pull out a capacitor and replace that, it was like, whoa, okay, (laughs) that's neat. You know, just hadn't seen it just, you know, 
little things, how to run a toner, you know, just all the, yeah, all know, the tricks. Everybody the has skills that you can learn something from, even if they don't, even if you may not think it at first, you know, and, and that was important. My second journeyman, when I was there, he was mostly doing Berg mm-hmm. beforehand mm-hmm. and, you know, and so then I kind of got to teach him some fire stuff. You know, and he got to teach me a lot of the wire pull because he had so, done a lot so of you're, install. So you're just as proficient with burg as you are with fire? No, I wouldn't say that. I try really hard not to be, if I'm honest. You know, I know my way around yeah. it, you know, because they have a lot of overlap, you know, mm-hmm. but I, I don't install burg systems. I just tell people like, if I don't feel like I can do this job better than 95% of the other people out there, I'm going to let those people do that facet, you know, and I'm going to be better than 95% of the other people when it comes to fire and it's going to work out. You know, I'm at the point right now where I don't have to venture out of my comfort zone. You know, I hear people all the time. say you're going to do a little bit of everything. It's like, maybe, you know, but as long as there's a fire marshal running around, as long as there's a fire marshal running around and, you know, I've got three or four other businesses, fire companies in the area that don't really want to take on the new install stuff. And they're like, this is who you need to call, you know? It, okay. So, so now you, you, you go to United, you go back yep. to where you came oh, from. Oh, excuse me. And then, yeah. And then at, the, at, the, at, at, at what point do you transition yeah, sorry, I'll get to, back to that. farmer fire protection? Okay. So United was awesome in that regard, but mm-hmm. it felt like when I uh, got to the end of my time there, I was just doing a lot of test and inspect and then repairs on what I found. Okay. And so I didn't necessarily feel like I'm getting all of the skills that I need as a electrician. I feel like I'm becoming a better employee for United in terms of I know their customers. I know how to inspect these buildings. I know their clientele base like the back of my hand. Mm-hmm. And that makes me a better employee for them. But I knew that the place that I'd left beforehand was having a tough time keeping journeymen, you know, and I kind of looked at this as an opportunity for me to number one, help them out. Mm-hmm. And then number two, I knew that because they were having a tough time keeping journeymen, they were having a lot of systems where it was little things that, you know, three years ago when I started the apprenticeship, but I just had no clue how to do that I could fix. Got it. You know, and I knew that I would be presented with a lot more opportunities of potentially those stressful days. Now, but, so, so I did not know that. That makes a lot of sense to me because yep. I scratched my head when you left. A lot of I people thought, did. Well, you were you were doing great there. Right? You yep. had you had your your whole life ahead of you, so yeah. to speak. And, and it's it a was, good company. It so. was good. And, you know, right before I left United, I went to them and they had asked me if I wanted to be in management mm-hmm. prior to that. And I had kind of just shot the idea down. I was like, look, I'm busy trying to take care of myself. I, as an apprentice, I don't think your journeyman would appreciate me being their manager, number one, you know, and number two, I'm worried about me more importantly. Wait a minute, my right apprentice now. is my manager. Yeah, right. Oh, this is so confusing. <laughs> and, uh, ah, and so I had told them no. That's the for first you, Chris. Time. <laughs> The first so time I had, I had told them, you know, thank you, but no, thank you. I appreciate the the offer, but I just right. don't think I'm in a position right now to, to handle that, you know? And right before I left, I went back to him because I, again, I had already known, like, my plan is to start my own company. Mm-hmm. If I can't become the best electrician here, maybe I can get into management and I can learn some of the bids, the, you know, some of the head end stuff that I hadn't figured out. So I was always just trying to figure out what angle I could adjust and pick up and learn to, you know have some stressful days for them instead of having them for me. Sure. You know, and uh, they had just promoted somebody else to a manager that uh, was doing a fine job, you know, and I wasn't trying to say like, pick me or them, you know, it was just Mm -hmm. a, hey, this is kind of a last opportunity, you know, for you guys, if you're interested. And it ended up not working out. And I just went back to the the prior company that I worked for. And I said, look, this is kind of what I'm looking for. And uh, I didn't burn any bridges when I left the first time. Good. You know, I kept it respectful and they were more than happy to, to bring me back on. And so I got a nice little pay raise to, 
you know, come out and use my work alone card, you know, and they'd say this system's been in trouble for however long. And we've sent so many guys out there and wasted hours that, you know, we can't fix it. And I got to go around and, and take care of that, you know, and there was just a couple installs that they were trying to get wrapped up that I was able to, you know, go put some finishing touches on and, mm -hmm. and tie up for them. And I just got a lot more of the, okay, this is what I want to see as the owner of my business. You know, this is the, these are the problems that I could see, you know, and I just felt like I became a better electrician okay. there, you know, and it was just like the final bow for me of what skills do I need to refine in order for me to feel like I can do this on my own. Okay. And uh, so when I left United and went back to the the first company, I had told them like, this is my goal by the end of 2022. And they, and they, and they were good with it. They that. knew it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that was at the end of 2021. Because I talking to you because you, you and I have talked quite a bit. Yeah. I've in, made in sure to keep tabs with you. you. Yeah. When well, you would call me about technical questions yep. and, and things like if there was like an EST question. Yeah. If I ran into an ESD panel or whatever, you know. I can you know? help you with that. Mm -hmm. with that. But um, uh, I felt like, like you would you'd always kept in contact with me. And so I kind of watched you progress. So now that makes a lot more sense mm -hmm. to me because I didn't really know all those details. Right. So when you, when you decided to go out on your own, did you do part-time at that company and then go out on your own? So you yeah, say, for the first couple months, it was kind of in and out. I hadn't mm -hmm. figured out my insurance and I hadn't figured out a couple of other things. And so I had went back to Metro and was like, look, I know end mm -hmm. of 2022 was the goal. Mm -hmm. I'm just not there yet. Can we push it out a couple months? And then and it turned in, yeah, them. it turned into, or 2021, excuse me. Then it turned into spring of 2022. And I was like, Hey, I still just haven't got the vehicle. You but know, I'm just, super happy that, that they let you keep an, or, mm -hmm. you know, you could, you could, you could paddle on either side of the car. Oh yeah. And they so kept it, they kept it completely good. open. It good. was like, as long as you're willing to be here, we're going to have work that's, for you. We're really, going to be happy, good, you know? Kudos. And, uh, and yeah, that was very nice. I'm very thankful for the opportunity and the fact that they gave me that, you know, they let mm -hmm. me stay on about six months longer than originally intended until I was ready. And uh, and then yes, and I stepped out on my own and I had had a couple of bids that had already been accepted just from word of mouth from, you know, a couple well, of- Before you go to this, oh, yeah. so I'm gonna put a, put a pin in that. We'll yep. talk about bids next. Tell me about insurance, because everybody I've talked to says, oh, I can do my own thing. Everybody says, oh, the liability insurance is going to kill you. Tell me about your insurance. What what does it, how how does it work, and, and was it affordable or not? Yeah, so it was, it was affordable. Okay. Um, I, again, went through my buddy Derek, because he had just started his company. Mm -hmm. And so I just called him, and I said, you know, here's the kind of working capital that I'm looking at. Here's totally. what I've already spent. Here's, you know. I think I'm ready. And he was like, it sounds like you're ready to me. Like, you know, here's what you need to do. And so he actually put me in touch with uh, the gal that teaches the CCB classes because I had okay. to get my I had to get my contractor's license. So you had to get a contractor's license. Yep. And so he put me in touch with uh, a gal out there in Scappoose and she's just old timer. She's been doing okay. this for, you know, 40 years. You call and tell her what you're going to do. And she tells you, you actually need three companies so that you can, you know, spread, spread out your liability. Okay. You know, she's just, she's the genius behind the business stuff. So the Scapusian yeah. helps you with your CCB. Yep. And so I went through her CCB class and I just asked a ton of questions in that class. And it was kind of funny, you know, uh, everybody's in the class is saying, I want to do this and I want to do this. And how do I pay as little to do that? You know, mm -hmm. that was so many of the questions. And I said, I want to do this. Like, how do I do it right? You know, so, what? So you went to the state and you got yourself a... So yeah, so I went and got my name, name and uh, because of the questions that I'd asked her in class, she pulled me to the side and was like, you've asked all the right questions. You have the right approach to this. Like <laughs> if you would like, <laughs> I can sit here, you have passed. The yeah, test. literally. And here's she, the, here's she, the ring. <laughs> and she offered to help me set up my business, you know, so no I, I paid her, you know, 
to do all of my paperwork. She Good. literally sent me two forms, said, sign these, send a check with $100 to this person. She did my name, paperwork. She, so so she, Farmer Fire Protection Incorporated, because yep. you're wearing your shirt, is your name. It's registered with the state of Oregon. Yep. I'm sure it's registered with Portland. If you have a, Do you work at the city of Portland? Yeah. Or, oh, yeah. yeah. So you work at the city of Portland, so you got to register it with them. Mm-hmm. And you've got your... It's a, it's a, I'm a, yeah, incorporated. I'm an S corp. It's it's S corp. Yep. So that's what you set up. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so I just basically said like, right now it's just me, but in the future I want to have employees. Like I'm not trying to do this six times. I don't want to start out as an LLC and then outgrow that and have, it was just like, if I want to be legit, what do I need to do day one? Okay. You know, and so she walked me through the workman's comp, all of and, that. And, and Derek was one who got you in touch with yep. her. Okay? Derek was so the one who got me in touch with her. I would love to talk to Derek. You should. If, if he, you could get Derek on this podcast, yeah. I would love to see him. He does a great job. Because I think people need to hear the help, help smooth the process mm-hmm. so that they can follow in your footsteps if they want to do that. Exactly. And Sprinkler no Techs have feelings too. So it's important to get their, do have feelings. Their, their feelings heard out here too. You know, <laughs> they're people too. I tell people all the time, low voltage electrician are people too, you know, and they yes. fall into that too. Well, we're not uh, really. People. No, we're not. We're masochists actually. We but, are kind, uh, of, we are kind of weird. Um, but then same thing, Derek got me in touch with his insurance company. Okay. He said, this is the guy that did my insurance. Give him a call, you know? And so it was the same thing. And I just called their insurance. They're out of Oregon City. And I said, you know, hey, this is what I'm trying to get started. I have zero gauge. Like I okay. could, I could make six dollars next year. I could make six hundred thousand. It really, there is no idea, you know. And so they just sent back a form. They're like, "Well, that's kind of hard to work with, you know. Where you're gonna have to pick." Mm-hmm. It was like, "Okay, well, I'm just gonna guess that I'm gonna make a hundred thousand dollars next year because okay. it was like January. It was like June at this point. So there's sure. already been half the year. And uh, so I just had to make a guesstimate on what I was gonna make in each. Uh, facet. So in fire alarms and in exit lights, they needed me to put a price on okay. both of them. And exit lights have kind of went to the side. I haven't got a whole lot of business for that. And uh, so I've just been doing the fire alarm side of things. And uh, yeah, they said, okay, for $100,000 annually in fire alarm system income, this is what you're looking at for you know residential, commercial bonds, liability, the whole nine yards. And they gave me a price and it was like six grand. You know, a year. Yeah, a year. Paid half up front, paid half later with an audit at the end. I actually just finished filling out that paperwork last week because they had to verify. You said you were going to make $100,000 last year. How much did you actually make? You know, so they're going to look and see. And then, you know, and then they can ration it. If I made double, they'd charge me double. Right. If I make half, they ain't writing me a check for half. (laughs) That's a you (laughs) guessed wrong. (laughs) (laughs) You chose poorly. Exactly. And so I just always erred towards (laughs) the, I'm going to guess under. And I'll pay it at the end. And if I make and twice as much, I better be able to afford the insurance. Is that the, caught me? Um, you know? So, so if you, but if you made half that much, then they would, they would, they would drop, drop your rate down accordingly. They the might. I, I heard that they wouldn't from they Derek. They know like, they would just say, "You said you were going to make this." Or from Oregon you know, City, you're make a, make a better guess next year. <laughs> and uh, and so once I had the insurance and the the company stuff set to go, there was really no excuse. I was just kind of waiting for a couple of jobs okay. to to come through and. Uh, Again. Now you'd had contacts that you'd made mm-hmm. and, you, and you had still partnered with your firms that you'd left. So, yep. so they could shuff work, shovel work your way if it was something they couldn't take on. Yeah, exactly. So it, because you didn't burn any bridges. It, both of the hand. companies that I worked for prior, they were really good at the inspections and they were really good at the minor repairs. You know, their inspectors could go out, they could find the problem. They could carve out time to get a journeyman out there to replace that, mm-hmm. you know, thing. But neither of them took on hardly any new stuff. And I get why, because it's an undertaking. And if you don't have that one brain in the office that's driving that machine, it goes to hell in a handbasket really fast, okay. you know? 
And uh, and I just kept kind of looking at it like, okay, these guys don't have any of that market cornered. These guys don't have any of that market cornered. So you, you know? found your niche. And I didn't burn any of those bridges. And it was the same thing. And both companies kind of reached out to me on their own. And were like, hey, if we get quotes for new installs, you know, can we kick those your way? Like, we don't want to handle these. And it was like, absolutely, you can. Mm-hmm. Please do, you know. And Derek, again, was the one that really got me my first big break. He was the one that sent, you know, contractors my way that had systems coming up. And, okay. you know, still to this day, I get calls about once a week. Yeah, DB Fire recommended you, you know, because okay. he's, he's only the wet side. He doesn't do any of the alarm stuff, you know, and so we've kind of formed. But a if good, he puts in a wet system, then you can also. He's, he's also saying, you know, he's saying this is who I work with on this stuff. We have a rapport like he's good, you know, good. talk to this guy. And so. There's been a handful of calls where it's like, yeah, Derek recommended you. We don't even want to talk to anybody else. Like, just get us a quote and let's move this forward. You know, like that's been really nice, you know, (laughs) and then same thing because I haven't burnt any bridges. And because of the way that I carried myself in class, you know, I've got four or five different alarm companies in the area that are either shuffling work to me or they're calling me and saying, hey, can we buck? Can we book you out for eight hours next week? We need a second pair of hands on this job. So this so this business. Because of the way that you've approached other companies and other people, their business is now trickling in and now it's moving in at a faster clip. Absolutely, because I've I've always made myself available, you know, because mm-hmm. I had that experience with uh, my very first boss in the industry of keeping everything close to the chest. You're just I am the, the exact opposite. opposite. Yeah. I, I dare you to try and do better than me at this. Like if I, if you are, <laughs> if you are, I have done a damn good job, you know, like, I don't have fear of that. If somebody wants to come and do this, it's a lot of work and I will show you every step of the way and you can do it. You know, I'm not sitting here trying to hide any of this. If I have 10 of me working for me in 10 years, I have done something really right. You know, it, it, new people wanting to learn is not a threat to me. It gives me me, goosebumps, you know, because that's, that's a hell of a good philosophy. It's the truth. I mean, it's. Anytime I tell people that I worked at McDonald's for six or seven years, I get the same Ugh, face, you know, why? it's like, why I got to work for the most successful company in the world. Uh-huh. I got to see how all their processes uh-huh. were reduced down to where, you know, where I learned that you know? was from Brad. Yep. Brad Russell did the same thing where, where, cause does his wife work for me? He worked for me. Mm-hmm. And, and he, and I said, you know, work for McDonald's. And he goes, Oh, let me tell you about how they're organized. Yep. Bam. And I was like, and he goes, and it taught me a lot. It doesn't matter if you're a 15 year old no. kid that doesn't give a crap about anybody. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter if you're a 55 year old Hispanic woman and your English isn't great. They can break down the process to a simple enough fashion that anybody can do it. Nice. You know, and yeah. so now, even though I'm not making Big Macs, a lot of those same principles still apply to my day to day business, you know, and I had a interest. I had a cool uh, career at McDonald's because I did a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Everybody starts out in service. You're at the window. You're taking money. You're doing the drive through. But then I kind of got pivoted into doing a lot of the planned maintenance. So every week you had to go temp the coffee pot and make sure that it was coming out at exactly this many degrees. If it didn't work, you had to go grab the programmer and change it and read the man, you know? And so that was really my first. So you had to learn PLCs. Yep. Every, for every single piece of equipment. Programmable logic controllers, kids. I told you it's all about programmable logic controllers. uh, So here you're programming a coffee pot. Yep. 
and and it's not hot enough because it's got scaling or whatnot. So, so yeah, you got to figure out how to the, turn it the, up the or temperature to or turn it down because sure you just burnt some lady's crotch in the drive-through or what you know because that just that's what happened. Big you know, timer. They weren't they weren't uh, taking care of their machines and you know oh, this, so it just came out too hot. It came out too hot and they had known that it was coming out too hot and they handed it out anyway and she burned herself and they got sued because it was a known thing because they had been taking their weekly temperatures saying it's coming out at two hundred and eight degrees and it should be one ninety five. Wow. You know, like it's just that level of every one of these machines is operating correctly. So you, you know? started doing preventive maintenance on everything on, in the machines yep, so that you, from, so that, and that kind of gave you, that gave me my first real into it of why is this machine not working when it's been mm -hmm. working for the last 15 years? How what what could have changed? What, you know, exactly. And it's funny, you know, the first time they had me do the shake machine cleaning and that's mm -hmm. the reason why the shake machines at McDonald's never work is because they're not cleaned correctly. They go into heat lock and uh, the manual is in Spanish. You know, but I took 10 years of Spanish and I'm fluent in it, you know, and so I literally read the shake machine manual in Spanish no and, and taught myself how to clean it, you know? Yeah. And just again, in, in high school and middle school, it was just like, okay, this could be important. Mm -hmm. I see a lot of Hispanic people in my class. Like I could learn this, you know, and by the time I got to college, I was pretty fluent and it's just made it really easy. Same thing, you know, how often you walk into a job and there's a cleaning Tons. lady. Tons. That's just scared shitless because the tons alarm just tons. went off yeah. and it's like, it's, just relax, yeah. this, you know, and I can break that wall instantly with two words. They're like, oh, okay. Like I can calm down. You know, I, it's not just some random tall guy in there screaming at you in English while the alarms are going on. That, that, you know how stressful that can make it, you know, so to be able to walk over just and yell say, louder. Yeah, right. I think, I think if you yell louder, they'll understand. So to be able to just walk over and say, Hey, this is just a test. Give me nice. five minutes and it'll be over. It, it makes it so easy to ice over a lot of those, you know, stressful moments. And, uh, well, I had no idea you were bilingual. That yeah, was, it's uh, my my vocabulary's gotten really bad now because you know I used to go take classes and then I'd go to McDonald's and I'd have five or six different people to practice with. Yeah, to talk to you know. And so sure. a lot of the times when I was working at McDonald's, I was hardly speaking English at all because it was just I'm going to go communicate with all of these other people, you know. And so it really hammered home all of the lessons and things I was learning in class. And uh, you know, I miss it now because I'll go back and I'll see an old McDonald's coworker and they'll start talking to me. It's like, I, wait, I don't wait, got wait, it wait, like that anymore. Hold on. So it's been three or four years. You write it out on my, paper. I get my phone out. I can read it, you know, and I'll say silly things and they'll laugh and you just got to laugh. Cause you know, let me get my universal translator. Exactly. Exactly. You know? So, so no, it's just been a really cool to see all of my skills kind of culminate into this now. Cause at yeah. the time when you're learning them, you don't realize, you know, you just, Oh, I had no idea. I had know. no idea you had this much of a background that I didn't know about. Yeah, Here I so. thought I knew everything there was to know about Dakota so. farmer <laughs> and I already knew crap. So. so, Hey, Mike here. I just want to do a quick shout out to all of our listeners. Now, listen, it's been a wonderful couple of months getting the show moving and we have seen a ton of growth, right? You guys are doing your part. People are downloading. You're telling people that's super important to get this podcast on the map. Okay. We've got good lineup of folks coming in the studio. And the biggest thing that I want you to know is that I want to hear from you, 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 the person listening to this. All right. You want to be a part of this show. You want to talk about tips and tricks. You want to talk about things that you're learning in the trade. You want to talk about how this has changed your life. You want to talk about stuff like that. Send me an email. Okay. It's halfwattpod at gmail.com. And I'm interested in hearing about people who are in the union and people who are not in the union and people who are technicians and people who do alarm work, people who do camera access work, stuff like that. It doesn't just have to be fire alarm monkeys. It could be anybody. 
All right. So let's talk about this so that people can realize that this is a career that will change their life. You, you've got, we were talking about bids. So yeah. you started getting bids mm -hmm. and you've got work coming in from previous employers and yep. people that you've partnered with that have helped you get a heck. And I'm sure you would, you know, you help those guys out. You throw them business as well. Oh, yeah, of course. you need your stuff inspected. You should probably call United or call You Metro. know, the thing I tell everybody is, there's enough pieces of pie to go around. Gotcha. Everybody can win. Yeah, everybody can win. Everybody can win. It's yeah. the first thing I tell everybody. If I cannot take care of you, I'm not going to tell you that I can. Mm -hmm. If I'm if I can't take care of you, I'm going to tell you who can because it's going to be easier for them. They're going to do the right job. They're going to do right by you and your people. Yeah. Now I'm not in there freaking out because I can't do this. I sold somebody that I can do something that I can't or that I can't do adequately to my mm -hmm. standards. Forget that. You know, You're not going to be awesome. If I can't do it, I'm going to tell you who can, and I'm going to give them the shot to do it right. And hopefully down the line, something comes up that they can't do. And they're like, hey, didn't Farmer throw us that work because of this, that, and the other thing? You know, hey, tell them to give them a call, you know, nice. and it's just worked out. So knowing now, so now when these bits come in um, and you're looking at them, are you, are you doing the drawings and then having somebody sign off on them? Are you signing off so, on them? So, yeah, when I, I first... I know you're working on your nice set. Yeah, when I had first started in the... Uh, in the industry, I would get the bids. Okay. I would take the prints, I would print them out on paper, mm -hmm. and then I would go through and design the system on paper. And then I would send them to my CAD girl. And she CAD did a, girl. She, CAD girl. She did a good job. Um, but it just took a long time to get mm -hmm. my prints back, you know, because she had CAD that she was doing for a living, you know, all CAD the time. Girl's and busy. then she was she was trying to do my stuff on the side. You know, so there was a couple times where I kind of got put behind the eight ball because I sent them my prints two months ago. I haven't got them back. I can't get them stamped until they're back. Like, I'm sorry. I, I don't have an answer for you, you know. And so uh, over Christmas break a couple weeks ago or a couple months ago, I actually taught myself the basics of AutoCAD <laughs> and bought a CAD program. And since then, I've been doing all my own CAD prints. So you know? you're doing CAD or BIM? I do. It's Alarm CAD is Alarm the CAD. name of the company. They use a they use Alarm. a oh you told me yeah, about that. You they did. use a Alarm OEM. CAD. They use a OEM AutoCAD program. Yeah, because you said it had all of the devices in it. So okay, kids, Alarm CAD. Uh, Dakota called me about this a couple of weeks ago, and it had all of the alarm devices in it, and they they update them. So you can drag them over and drag and drop. Yeah, when you start the project, you say these are the four manufacturers that I'm going to use. I know I have a silent night controller. I know I'm using system sensor smoke detectors. I know I'm using, you know, firelight or whatever, pull stations and the generic stuff. And when you do that, it automatically pulls all the devices and all the products that it has in their system onto a project manager on the side. And uh, once you select that, you then go into the uh, device manager and you just type in 2WB. It's a smoke detector. And it'll pull up every single version of a 2WB, whether it be a TRB, a TAB, a 4WTAB with a relay base, with a sounder. You go select the correct option and you put it down on the prints. Once you have all your devices on the prints, you hit connect and then you go through and you individually connect each device to the panel just by clicking on them. You click on device one, it's gonna make that smoke detector device one. You click on two, it makes it device two. Same thing with all the notification devices. Then you hit enter and it runs all the wire. 
It shows you where your wire run's going to go. <laughs> God. You go, oh God. you go over to reports and you say, okay, I need a voltage drop report. And it says, based on the devices that you've added mm -hmm. to NAC3 and the wire you've added to NAC3, you're going to have two volts a drop. Your end of line voltage is going to be 21.4. You're, you know, it gives you all the statistics right then and there to, you need two 12 amp hour batteries to you're using this many devices. It does your device legend, your risers. I mean, it, it has saved me so many hours in time because I used to have to go do all of that so, by hand. So the outlay of the outlay of capital to get access to this, to license this yep. program removed CAD girl. Yep. So I was paying her about 250 to $300 for my CAD prints, depending on the size. Could be up to 500, depending on the size. So you were, so you, so you were able to take that capital, reinvest it into yep. getting this license. Then now you're doing it. Yep. It's your design. It's your yep. everything, and it's your calculations. You get done. You turn them into the fire marshal. Yep. And, and so the building inspector for their approval. Written before this, I was sending them to a nice set three at this right. point and saying, "Hey, can you look over this and can you put a stamp on these prints and make sure that I'm good?" And so again, I was paying for a reviewer mm -hmm. as well. Which and then which you know I would yeah exactly which is fair and you know I would do these prints in color nice you know and then they would sign them and they'd send them back to me in black and white because they only had a black and white scanner so now all this color work that i've done is you know for not and it was just it was something that just bothered me that i knew i didn't want to deal yeah, with really? anymore and it wasn't really? it wasn't the end of the world but you know now i'm paying them to print my plans to review my plans mm -hmm. to put their signature on my plans and then scan them back so you know now i'm paying anywhere between CAD and alarm review between four and 700 bucks on every job, you know? And uh, I just right, recently- money right out the door. Yep, and I just recently got my NYSET three uh, beginning of February, so. Excellent uh, job. Thank you, I'm just waiting for the paperwork to come back from NYSET and we know how uh, how cordial and pertinent they are in that. There's there's two women that work there and there's a whole warehouse full of, of file cabinets. Yeah, I can- That's I, all it is. I cannot imagine how <laughs> daunting just, it's that just is. just one big long warehouse. So. It's like in it's like in the very end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's like a big, big huge. Hold on, a second. let me get your file out. Right, that's and I'm funny. teasing. Don't, don't. So that's not really the case. So no, that's been a cool accomplishment. Again, you know, I've had that on my to do list for about five years now. You know, because for the first two years, yeah. I, I for the first two years I claimed hours in test and inspect. Right. Because I just didn't know any better, and I was doing better. test and inspect. Which, which, you know? by the way. I'm going to officially say this. Test and inspect hours should go against the apprenticeship. Mm -hmm. They should go. I know they can't. They should be used for the apprenticeship and they should be used for obviously fire alarm nice set. You can get yep. a fire alarm test and inspect nice set. But it doesn't uh, have the NYSET same weight as the system. It doesn't right. have the same way as as the fire alarm. So, but I will tell you hands down that every single fire alarm inspector I know can can probably speak or no, I mean, work in multiple languages, mm -hmm. can pull down almost any kind of panel from an EST3 to a, to a you know, a 5207. Yep. From uh, uh, a Harrington to a, you know, a, a who knows what, a simplex. So you become so well-versed at what you do. And, mm -hmm. and I, I, it's a crying shame that they don't see that as something that, that right. is viable because it, it made me a behemoth in understanding yeah, how these things worked and how to explain them. I I, yeah. I became an, an animal the more. Well, I, you know, more once you once you see a couple hundred of them and you realize the principle, it's uh, very easy to point to it and say, okay, this one clearly is not following the rules. There's, hey. you know, I, 
this one doesn't look like the other 15 I've seen right. this month alone. Exactly, you know. <laughs> and so wrong with it. By the time it's you ticking. get those hours in, it's just become so easy. I just I laugh all the time, you know. I'll yeah. I'll hop into a junction box and 30 seconds later, I've got the two wires that I need. And the dude walking me around is like, dude, how did you just do that? It's like, right. dude, I was in your shoes five years ago. Exactly. You that's know? that's <laughs> exactly right. That's exactly Because right. I'm showing my apprentice some of those tumbles tricks when we start to work. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, well, this is that. And that's that. This, that. And he's like, wow. Right. I'm like, well, it, it doesn't make sense to you right at the moment. And then and then this this kid is super intuitive. So he's like, yep. he just picks it up right now, right now, right now, right now. Now we got another journeyman that... that uh, He's a lot like you in a lot of ways. Uh, very, very bright, very energetic, very uh, um, cerebral, and 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 he's he's the same way. He's like he can he can look at something, and he says, oh, "I'll go take care of that." Mm -hmm. And and in like fifteen minutes, he's done. And I'm like, "Well, that's pretty. That's pretty damn fast, right? <laughs> that was really fast, actually." So, you know, once you once again, you know, back to the McDonald's thing. Once you have a process and you have something that you stick to every time, it just becomes so easy to not take shortcuts. You know, it's the same thing. Yeah. Remember how long it took you to find your first ground fault? Long time. You know, yeah, a lot of headaches, probably about six phone calls too. You know, there mine was, was. There was there was crying. Yeah, there is. It, there was a great gnashing of after teeth. After you've been into that job for two or three hours and you still can't figure <laughs> it out, man, and you got you wait, you can't go home until it's fixed. There's like, no know. feeling like like looking at the clock and knowing you have something to do. It is just defeating, you know? and. Oh. And so, you know, I get calls from people all the time that are either in the apprenticeship or they've journeyed out and they're like, dude, I've been stuck on this for like two hours. What do I do? It's like, well, call me about an hour and a half ago, because once you've been mm -hmm. spinning your wheels for 30 minutes, like you're past the point of learning. Yeah, you're, you're only stressing. In. You're only, you know, like realizing when to pivot and say, OK, I need somebody else's help. You know, and that was huge for me because it's the same thing. Like I hadn't really been challenged prior to that. You know, mm -hmm. everything was pretty straightforward and then all of a sudden it's like okay i don't want to be wrong i you know that's that's hard for a lot of people is yeah. just saying hey i don't know it now if i get into something and i don't know it i'm on the phone in 10 minutes saying hey you might know this get me pointed in the right direction yeah, you know no. and and just being available to that feedback and all of that you know has has paid off a lot you know because it's the same thing it's like hey every time you call me you give me a good breakdown of what's going on it's mm -hmm. like yeah because i'm not calling you telling me what to do I'm calling you and telling you, hey, here's the 15 things that I've done. What's the one thing that I'm missing? You know, and mm -hmm. it makes it so easy. I can't tell you how many times I've called you and it's like, all right, Mike, this is what I got. I've done this. I've done this. I've done this. I've done this. You know, I was sitting in a class one time. We were taking a class one time and I got a call from a student, walked out to take it. Joe Price walked by, heard the conversation, knew what was going on and said, I bet you it's the cover. The cover is supervised. And when right. you pull the cover, it pulls the power of the duct detector. And I went, did you hear that? The guy goes, yeah. Push says, the push button. <laughs> yeah, I put the cover back on. He goes, power's back up. I said, that's the problem. Thanks, Joe. Right. So, so in just a couple of seconds, he picked up on it, knew what knew what, knew what the guy was calling for, and then knew the answer. Right. And then gave me the answer as yeah. I am as I hadn't even processed it at that point. That's how quick the guy but is. But about that time that that guy calls you and just says, hey, I've got a supervisory on zone eight. What do I do? Right. You know? But if you can call them and you can say, here's the number one, here's the 10 things that I've already done. What am I missing? Like mm -hmm. when people show that you've already put that groundwork in, they're a lot more willing to help you instead Very of just, so. oh, you called me right now. First thing, like right. call me in 20 minutes after you've done a little bit of digging, you know, Do a like, little bit of work. First, and I had so I had a couple of those situations, too, where it's like, hey, I don't know. They're like, yeah, well, you're going to know in a minute, you know, yeah. figure it out, you know, but 
because of that, I get calls all the time from, like I said, from even just people where it's like, hey, we've never met, but I got your number from a guy because they said you're good. Like I'm running into something. Can you help me out? You know, and but that just, always helps. It also helps your helps your business. Yeah, because it people are throwing you throwing your bones. So you've got your bids. You've got you're doing your own CAD work. At this point, you've got Alarm CAD. That's mm-hmm. the name of the product. So kids look it up, and it's. And you got your nice set three. So now yep. you're gonna st- so now you're gonna save the money because you're gonna stamp your own. Price. So now I'm officially at the point where everything that I do is in house. I don't That's have to a big sub. Timer I don't right have there. to sub anything out from the quote to the install to. And you, you have dose kiddos. Yep. You have two kids at this point. Yep. Is your wife working? Yeah, she's a uh, licensed uh, esthetician. Hi Avery, by the way. Uh, she does eyelash extensions. That's her okay. big deal. So and she so-, so she works as yep. well. And and the and the goal is not to have her like stay home and be a mom. No, unless, eventually unless I'd like to have her to on my company payroll. You sure, know, and let her do whatever she would like to do. She you could know, do your she, eyelashes. She could do my eyelashes, but like I've got that. good eyelashes because I don't mess with them. So you know, there's there's some estiology knowledge for you on this podcast. That's why we tune in. And uh, I like her already. Yeah, right. And uh, no, she does an amazing job, and we have really good balance. We're both in charge of our own schedule. And so, you know, we, yeah, so we you both, can control who's we both take every other Wednesday and... off to be with the kids. What? You know? So it's just known like, what do you mean? Uh, like you're family oriented? Yeah. Get right. It's, it's amazing. You know, I've worked at a couple of places where there was not a whole lot of time for my family and I don't want that. And, you know, now that I've been through that, I don't want to ask any of my employees to do that either. You know, I feel like the, the experiences that I've had up until this point, because mm-hmm. this is something that I started and not just, I got handed my daddy's company. Mm-hmm. That I know exactly what I'm asking out of my people when I ask them to do something. So, you but know. you don't have any employees. But I yet. don't have any employees right now. No, this is just you know I spend a lot of time thinking. Okay, when I do have an employee, what is going to be the expectation? What is fair to ask? You know, what what do I or don't I want to, you know, have them do? You know, <laughs> I get it. Yeah. So when when are you going to have an employee? What, I mean, you, you can forecast. I know yeah. you got your bookkeeper's got your book, so you know it, it, it may be sooner than you think. It may right, be right. later than. You're like, you look at the books going, what do you mean three years from now? Yeah, right. (laughs) You know, it really all just depends on a couple of the jobs, you know? And so one of the jobs that I did at the end of last year was for a, uh, a bigger college in the area. And, uh, you know, I just nailed it. And every time they called, it was, you're asking me to jump how high let's do it. I can take care of this. I can fix this, you know? And those, those are the, those are the best. Those are the best accounts you know education accounts yeah school accounts school districts are are i mean you know yeah are phenomenal and so the whole time i'm working with this one guy from the school and we've never met we've never really met face to face or anything but i can call him and i can get an answer and he can call me and and get an answer and then all of a sudden right towards the end of the project i start getting calls from this other guy and it's like i don't know you from adam but Mm -hmm. you know i'll if you're gonna call me and ask i'll entertain it you know and he said can i can i come out and take a look at the uh the building with you. I was like, yeah, I'll carve out as many hours as you want. If you're willing to learn, like, what do you want to know? And, uh, he pulled me to the side and was like, have you ever thought about, you know, coming and working for Pete or for the the school? Mm -hmm. And I was like, ah, no, like I just ventured out on my own. Like I just decided I don't want a boss. Like, thank you, but no, thank you. You know? And, uh, he was just like, Hey, I want you to work here, whether it's as an employee or as a contractor, I just had to ask, That's beautiful. you know? Thing. And so now we're getting this going and I'm at the point where, you know, I'm just kind of waiting on them to say, let's go, you know, but they've got enough buildings as far as inspections go. And then they've got, you know, something oh, so like, you are doing inspections. I'm too. hoping to do inspect. Yeah, I am. I, I do inspections at the moment, just not a whole lot of them because people don't know, 
you know, mm-hmm. and most of these other companies that are referring me work, they do inspections. Mm-hmm. So when they get a call for an inspection, it's we can do that, yeah. you know. And so most of the stuff that I get from the other companies is either new install or takeover, so mm-hmm. you know, bigger than their size. Or again, we've got this job coming up that we don't think we have the manpower for. Can you come and give us a hand? And uh, so my inspection stuff's kind of lagging behind, and that's fine. I knew it would. The recurring stuff's hard to pick up because there's mm-hmm. so many people out there that want it. And uh, you know, I know that the the national company that they're using right now is expensive, you know, and they're frustrated because every year they're getting sent out three different people. So is, every that, year they're that, having to relearn. That is you know? crushing. And, yeah. and, and by the way, having been on both sides of the fence, okay, yep. having been an inspector and a contractor and, and a manager and a know? manager weasel and a, uh, you know, and, and, you know, back on this side of the fence where, having people who are familiar with your property and having people who know all the ins and outs because it, everybody goes, oh, well, that's just a building. No, that's a building with drop doors. It's a building right. with people, you know, with, with, with a uh, pre-action system. This is a building with an EPO. You mm-hmm. shut this down, okay, the computers go offline. When those computers go offline, there goes blank de blank. I mean, we yeah. had this happen when I worked for one of the companies where they, they inadvertently shut down a server that was very important to a federal branch of the government. Okay. Very important. My boss and I went back. It was like basically no one's going to touch this thing, but but until we work but, out a process, but, yeah, and, but, yeah. You know, me and me and uh, Bill and I. So Bill and I went back, and looked at it. We figured out what the problem was. We we put the right switches in, and then it got to the point where the only person who's going to touch that is now going to be Mike. So if Mike's here, we can touch it. If Mike say here, I don't want anybody touching it. Well, then I eventually left the company and went to to another company. That company, my other company, the last one, it picks up that account. Yeah. So I walk in that server room and the guy goes, we have had this thing shut down. And I just wanted to go, I know the whole story from the every single time because it didn't get shut down. What's got down shot multiple times right. because of, of a confusion. So, you know, they're telling me Years later, six years later, seven years later, they're, they're still bringing up the story. event they're that you were a part of. still bringing up the event that I was a part of. That I, I just want to think the guy goes, I was the guy who solved the problem. I, I was the, actually right. the fixer of that and the preventer of that. Um, you know, but I, I get it. I didn't I didn't let the guy do that. I just let him go off and right. you know, these guys suck. I, I know everything sucks. But uh, yeah, that is knowing what pitfalls are where. And then knowing that your inspectors know those pitfalls is critical. Mm-hmm. It's just so critical. You know, and I mean, you've said the same thing in class and I tell the same thing to everybody. It's like, I could teach a monkey how to do the fire alarm side of things. You can. If you have integrity and honesty and accountability, you could be the best fire alarm technician in the world. I mean, literally just having the integrity to say, hey, I ran into this and it was wrong and it needs to be repaired instead of passing it on the inspection. You know, I ran into that a lot because again, you tested all this in when, 62 seconds. Right. How'd you do when, that? when you don't have the people above you to fix things, mm-hmm. it makes it really hard to point out that problem. Cause now you're just going to get stuck with, all right, well, here you go, go out and fix it. You know? Right. And that happened a lot at the, the first company that I had worked for too, you know, where it was like me and a couple of the, the other alarm inspectors knew like, there's no troubleshooter right now. Like right. who's, who's going to pick these calls up? Like everything we're writing up has to get fixed. Who, who can fix immediately, it by immediately? The way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, who can even start to fix this stuff, you know? Yeah. And so 
that was really when I kind of started getting into the, the troubleshooting thing. And it was just like, okay, hold on a second. Here's now all these reports that I've been going behind that have been saying that they're good, that they're definitely not good, you know? And I mean, I guess it's just like, thank goodness that somebody in our business found it and not, you know, somebody 10 years down the line or an insurance person, you know, or what? And so, right. or, 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 the, or worse, right. If people just don't understand, like it's, this is fire life safety. Every single thing that you put down matters. It's important. Mm -hmm. It's on that report for a reason. It needs to be checked. You know, like for me, like I said, back to the black and white, like this is why fire is great for me. Mm -hmm. There's not a, oh, well, I, it's like, no, here is very clearly in the code what you will or will not do when it comes to testing this device and the intervals. Like, yep. the, you know, I need it spelt out like that. I need the rigidity. And if somebody wants to argue, I will happily jump in the code book <laughs> and tell you why you're wrong. You know, I called you about one the other day yep. about... You know, an uh, electrician trying to share neutrals on my load for my fire alarm panel. Mm -hmm. It took me eight phone calls, but I got it figured out, you know, and got to call the electrician back that was telling me he didn't care about my opinion, but he needed a code. And it's like, okay, well, here's the three code references that you're violating, you know, like, Have a nice I'm day. competitive. I like to win. Good luck. <laughs> you know, like, like, we'll figure this out. I, I like to think I'm pretty sharp when it comes to the code stuff. So usually when somebody's like, no, that's not right. I'm like, I let's get to the bottom of this because either way one of us is going to now have the correct answer you know and that's important to me and again just being able to say hey i ran into this and i don't know how to handle this like you're going to grow so much more just admitting that and saying that instead of losing sleep at night because oh i ran into right. that one duct detector that i couldn't figure out but i passed it on the exam because i didn't want to have to go back and deal yep. with it you know because yep. they didn't want to mess with it because they didn't want to mess with it or... time for it right exactly it's just yeah. easier to put pass and and move on and let the next guy catch yeah, it i could probably yeah i mean I, we've all run into those situations where you're like oh god i just i i can't you know yep. but at least document document what the hell you did yeah at least at least give give somebody a shoe in that like, will take this, you so this, much further this you're going to need anti-gravity boots to get to this duct detector yep. i'm sorry i don't know how to heck right? you're going to reach it you're just not you know it's just but. one of those things where you know i've always known as soon as i got into the industry it was like okay i can see myself staying in this yeah you know and so everything from then on has just been how can i make it better so so now you know? you've you've gotten now you've got your your you're in with a couple of clients, you've getting business moving in and you just sent your books off for the first year. So you've, mm -hmm. you've been in business how long now? Uh, July yeah. last year was the first you know, time okay. that I started business. But yeah, technically so my business got started at the beginning of 2022. Okay. So we're going on you know, 15 months of my business existing, about nine months of me actually doing this doing full it. time you know, with no and other you're job. not starving. No, I'm, I'm paying the bills. Everything's okay. You know, I'm not making as much as I would like to, obviously, okay. you know, and obviously I don't think any small business should be making six figures a year out of the jump, right. you know, but I'm paying myself enough to keep my lights on and keep my family fed and, and keep everything going at my business. And so that's a smashing success as yeah, far as I'm absolutely. concerned, you know, I know it's only going to get bigger, you know, and again, with my little children right now, like I got no problem if I only work 25 hours this week. That's 15 mm -hmm. extra hours that I get at home with my kids that I know I won't have in the future, you know? Well, and so, so what you're saying is that that quality time right now it's working out good because as your kids are this age, you get that quality time with them. Yep. And of course, when you, when they get older, they won't want you to be around them anyway. And then I can be busy. Then you can be you know? really, really busy. And so 
you know, it's amazing. I, I love being able to take my daughter to school or pick her up in the middle mm-hmm. of the day. She just gets so surprised when it's me or, you know, just being able to say, hey, let's go catch a movie. I can carve out time for that. I can be home by this time. You know, I don't have anybody to answer to except for, you know, the projects that I take on, you know. And as long as you hit so, your timelines. Exactly. As long as I'm keeping everything paid and I'm growing at the rate that I'd like to see, you know, progress, I, I really can't complain. You know, hmm. I'm, I'm finally now at this point. I'm at the point to where I have basically all the equipment that I've deemed necessary, mm-hmm. office side and field side, you know. I'm a plotter and a scanner away from I don't even have to leave the house to do any <laughs> facet of this job, you know. And, and, and literally, I, I, I would say since I've known you, this is the whole transition from the time I've met you to now, I think has been less than four five years. Yep. I started, I think it's been less than five. I started buying tools for this at the beginning of 2018. Okay. So 2018. Yep. It's now, yeah, 20. Yeah. Yep. I yeah, carted out end of 21. And so <clears throat> there is, okay. I was super excited when I got Dakota on here because he just plotted out his last five years or less than five years for you in this podcast, right? This was a student. This was a a hard worker. This was a guy who, who wanted to go do his own thing and is now doing his own thing. Now we could check in in five years from now when you roll up in your Benz or whatever. My very Um, nice Toyota Camry. (laughs) Or, or, or you go, you never know. But, uh, uh, it's, 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 this is this is this is a guy who's on the path. So there's no reason why if you weren't a great security guy or an access control guy or a door guy or any of the other uh, you know telco guy that mm-hmm. you can't do this given coming in with the right attitude, the right momentum and, and mentality, really. And and since and since farmer fire protection is on the web, you can call him, you can find him, you could talk to him. And that's how this industry works. That's how we go from being meh to being huge, to being a, a shaker and mover. That I, yeah. I'm thoroughly impressed, Dakota. Well, thank you very much. It's been, it's been really cool to, to see all the hard work cut you short. Uh, no. I think we probably could. We could, could stay here for another two hours, really. We I probably <laughs> could. Uh, tell tell the listeners something else that that is that is that is important to you that you want to pass along to them just find something that like i said earlier that scratches that itch for you mm-hmm. and if you can make it work don't stop chasing it you know when uh when i was back at that appliance delivery thing you know it's funny enough my uh, wife worked there with me she <laughs> was the front receptionist and uh we were in cabo for our third anniversary and we were there for five days and on the second day of us being there she literally said i don't want to go back to work and it's like we're on day two of vacation and you hate your job so much that you're already letting it affect your vacation i just looked at her and said quit it what do you want to do like stop yeah you know and she said well i've kind of thought about doing the aesthetics and literally the day we got back we got her signed up for aesthetic school and she went and made it happen so you you, so you she said i want to I tell people to cast their bait. Yep. I say I, I I look over there and I go, I'm gonna I'm gonna cast my I'm gonna cast my bait right there mm-hmm. and catch a fish. Watch. 
boom, and I go there, and I catch a fish. I mean, that's the way my wife, my, mm-hmm. my wife, that's the way my life has worked mostly. I certainly have also got snagged a few times. So that's kind of what you did. You, she said, I don't really want to go back to work. Work sucks. And you said, good, let's go do let's something that you want to do. What do you want to do? You know, the, another, you know, I'm, I'm big on the sayings cause I think they do carry a lot of practicality. You know, if the path you're on is clear, it's not yours. You know, we all get dropped in the middle of the jungle at 18 years old and they say, good luck. What do you want to do with your life? You know, and a lot of people have a really nice path that's carved for them. And Mm -hmm. that's easy, you know, but is that your dream or did somebody else lay out the path for you to get there? You know, and I feel like with my wife and her venture and myself in this venture, it's just been really cool to see what we're capable of you know, push ourselves and, and see this dream come to fruition. Really? I mean, like I said, I've been thinking about this since 2018 and every time that I write myself a paycheck, I just get a big fat smile on my face because I did it for another month. You know, every time I write myself my paycheck, it's just, that's that you should put on your shirt. That's what we're doing. Every time I write myself my paycheck, that's funny. You know, I'm about to put a sticker on my van that says Oregon's best LEA, according to the owner's mom. Do it. You know, I, I'm gonna. Because Do it. it. <laughs> you know, you that's need the one kind of those cricket things. My I wife have has, one. That's okay. why I made this shirt. Thank you. you. Yeah, I that, taught myself oh, this so too. So you did that. Yep. I do all cricket. my own logo design. I paid one of my friends who's a graphic designer to make my logo and get You're me the a files. You're a big timer. That's and, excellent. And then, I had no yeah. idea you made that yourself. I, 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 I have ADHD. And so when I get into something, it's super hardcore. Let's learn everything we can about it. You know, I told my wife, I says, I want to, I want the outline of the wild E coyote yeah. so I can put it on every, every dent on every car. Because I have every vehicle I own, something's hit it yep. at some point. I, I just, I just love yeah. it. I see this big crashes in that wild E coyote. We can make that happen. Just let me know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Dakota, what a pleasure. Thank uh, you. It's been a blast. Thank you very much you, for having me on. You come back? I would do this anytime. Big time. So you let me know I'm here. All right, man. So wonderful. Thank you very much. Right on the money. Thanks for listening to the Half Watt Podcast. We always want to hear from you, and we encourage you to email us at halfwattpod at gmail.com with questions or even your own stories. Funny, crazy, or praiseworthy, we want to hear it all. You can follow us on Instagram at halfwattpod to stay up to date on our feed. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and share us with a friend. The best way to help us grow. The Half Watt Podcast is a production of Now Hear This Studios.